Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily Harvest.com slash IS Stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 48 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Susanna Patton. Susanna is from Washington, D.C., where she works as a senior research analyst in the government contracting world. Welcome, Susanna. Hi, Jen. Good to speak with you today. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you. And you know, as a listener of the podcast, I like to start off by asking, you know, what brought you to intermittent fasting? Tell us a little bit about your story there. Sure. So I grew up never really having weight issues. I was relatively happy with doing activities and kind of going through life and eating healthy food. And then about two years ago, I I noticed that I was eating constantly. I felt like Every couple hours, I was just always wanting something. 
And even though my weight wasn't really out of hand, I just had such a frantic sort of spastic energy around food and around living. And I thought, you know, this this really isn't working. And even though I'm not gaining a ton of weight, I just don't feel like myself. So I had seen the term intermittent fasting, I think, online somewhere. And I love listening to podcasts. So I, you know, plugged it in my my podcast search and stumbled across your podcast. And so I started listening. And I have to confess, I am fully somebody who embraced eating breakfast all of the time. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Well, we all, you know, especially those of us that were trying to be healthy because that's what we were told to do. So we thought that we were supposed to, and we're good, you know, rule followers, right? Exactly. Oh, you nailed it. That's exactly who I am. And so <laughs> so I started hearing across the podcast episodes that you could pick your window of time and sort of just the different ideas of how intermittent fasting worked. And I thought, well, let me let me just try not eating breakfast and I'll have black coffee, which I will say black coffee for me was not difficult. Um, I only oh, used good. to put a little bit of milk in it. So I, and no sugar. So I just said, okay, well, I'll just drink it black. And I think the first couple months I started, I did 16, eight, like a lot of people. And so I just would wait till about noon or one o'clock. And the first couple weeks, I do remember being very tired. I definitely was, you know, going through, my body was trying to get to ketosis. And I, I knew all the terminology, but boy, living through it was, oh, yeah. was very difficult. <laughs> um, I think I nabbed every single day for weeks. So I eventually moved to 18.6. And I was in that pattern for probably six or seven months. But I noticed that I was eating so much more processed foods. I was eating things that I didn't eat before when I ate frequent meals. It was odd, but not because I guess I thought, well, I can eat everything. So why don't I, you know, if I'm going to shorten my window, I'm going to eat what I want. But then once I got to the point of probably April or May of 2019, I realized that I wasn't feeling well. And even though I had lost some weight, I wasn't putting good nutrition in my body as well as I knew to. And I had grown up eating good food. So I thought, what if I combine intermittent fasting with going back to how I know the foods that work best for my body and putting a lot more nutrition in, I bet that would be the one-two punch that would just leave me feeling amazing. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because like just this morning, for example, in, in one of the Facebook groups, someone made a post and said, you know, I know that we we're supposed to eat whatever we want, but low carb works best for me. So I'm going to go back to that. And my reply is, but that is eating whatever you want, right? Right. You know, (laughs) once you realize you feel better when you eat a certain way, that is the ultimate in eating what you want. You know, I'm not telling you, Susanna, this is what you have to eat. Your body is telling you that. You know, you don't feel well when you don't eat the foods that make you feel great. Right. And I do think it's, it's valuable to layer different behaviors into your life slowly. So just like what you've talked about before on previous episodes, you know, a lot of times it might be very difficult for someone to do low carb and IF and, you know, and and have all these different restrictions on themselves if, if, you know, they, they're not quite ready. So I think I ended up doing that unbeknownst to me, even in the process of it, I realized, you know, okay, I did, I shortened my window, I was very conscientious about that. And then I changed the food, sure enough, just as 
just as expected, kind of down the road to fit more, you know, of what I knew would be better for me. Yeah. And it really is a process that we have to go through. And, you know, it is why I don't recommend everybody, you know, start intermittent fasting and then radically change their foods at the same exact time, really either direction. You know, if you've been eating a really healthy way, I wouldn't change that. Just try to work on your window first, like nail the clean fast first, and then you can experiment with the what. I think that, but, but it, it's, it's hard, you know, cause you're like, all right, I've got this short eating window. I can just eat what I want. You know? <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. That freshman off to college with, without mom over your shoulder. Right. <laughs> I re- exactly. I remember posting in, in the group saying, I felt like my window was the time where I wanted to have every flavor possible. Like it, it wasn't a complete day for me if I didn't have salty and sweet and, but you know, and everything. And, and I kept struggling to think that I could possibly have, you know, one day I could only eat say tacos and that would be sufficient. And then the next day I could, you know, I, I felt every day, like I needed a little taste of each flavor and, and, it finally just clicked one day. I, I moved completely to Whole Foods and I just, I got rid of all processed foods, which does sound very stark, but for me, it I'm, I'm definitely an abstainer to borrow from Gretchen Rubin's language. So for me, I can't have a bite of sugar without having 10 cookies. You know, I can have no cookies or I can have all of the cookies. That's very much like me. I'm very much like that. <laughs> I'm also an abstainer. If I'm going to follow something, I can do it 100%. And then that opening the floodgates, like, oh, today I'm having cookies. And then you're like, I mean, I've I've actually thrown away cookies before for that reason. Because I'm like, you know, I know that I don't feel well when I eat this many cookies, but yet I'm going to just eat them if they're here. So cookies, you need to go. <laughs> and I, I think I had a cathartic throwing away of, of all processed foods in a couple months ago. And, and that, that really made a difference because, of course, when it wasn't available, I couldn't eat it. And I found myself gravitating back to the kind of food I grew up on and cooking more and just, you know, a lot more healthy behaviors that in the long run make a lot more sense for myself and my family. I think that's great. Now, can you have like naturally sweet things? Like for example, dates. Yes. yes. Like dates are a great sweet thing for me. Like really, I would rather have a high quality medjool date or maybe like three little medjool dates at the end of my window than have a cookie now. Like it, it just tastes so much better. Yes, totally agree. I, I eat everything that's naturally occurring. And so I'm, I'm not super strict about, you know, fruit. I eat all kinds of fruit. I eat all kinds of food that has, you know, naturally occurring sugar and carbs, but I just veer away from anything processed unless it's a special occasion. Like my husband and my birthday are a week apart in August. And so that, that week of the year, we know that, you know, it's a special occasion. Of course, we'll have cake. Of course, you know, we're going to eat and enjoy. And then Christmas is the same way. But otherwise, it's it's much easier for me to abstain from sugar outside of, you know, those exceptions. Yeah, I think that's a very balanced way to live because you're not militant about it. And you're not like, oh, I'm being bad. You know, when you eat it, you don't you don't judge it. You just accept I'm going to have cake because it's my birthday. It's my husband's birthday. And we're going to celebrate with cake. And you might acknowledge after you eat it. Yeah, I feel a little blah. Yes. Totally. I, it's funny because we, we just recently celebrated and 
I, I was talking to my best friend who she doesn't do intermittent fasting, but she is very conscious of, um, you know, her health. And, and we had had, you know, sort of more junk food one day together. And, and we both were talking about it the next day saying, you know, that really wasn't anything we thought it was going to be. We, we both haven't eaten processed foods in so long. And, and then when they were reintroduced, just like I know that you've had the experience with, they just don't taste how they used to in a great way because then you don't want them. Right. You're you're not like longing for them because you're like, yeah, that really wasn't as good. Yeah, we were driving to the beach, I guess about a month ago. And my husband, we were gonna have some lunch. You know, I don't always have lunch, but we were like, you know, let's have he wanted to have lunch. And I, I like to have lunch with my husband sometimes if he wants to. So we're trying to find somewhere to eat in this little town. He's like, let's go to Bojangles. I'm like, you know what? I don't think you are going to like Bojangles as much as you know. <laughs> and I'm not going to eat there. So if you want to go there, I'll just sit with you. But And we ended up finding this cute, cute little southern cafe that had, you know, great like fried green tomatoes, delicious, you know, southern food, high quality made from scratch kind of stuff. And I was so glad we did. But <laughs> I was like, I just don't think you're going to be happy with Bojangles. We can do it if you want to. But <laughs> And then there's, you know, when you eat earlier in the day, there's that lull feeling that, you know, you have to like, you have to compensate for and know that, okay, after I eat, you know, is it, is it worth it for this? You know, am I going to be really exhausted? Yeah. And since we were going to the beach, I knew it didn't matter because I didn't have to be productive, but you're right. It's a trade-off that you consider and you think, is this going to, am I going to be okay with feeling that way? And if the answer is yes, then you just wholeheartedly do it. <laughs> but if the answer is no, you don't do it. It's very counterintuitive, I think, because most most people we think about, and I think it's uh, Dr. Fung who talks about, you know, the concept of food at Thanksgiving. And if food gave us all energy, wouldn't we all be our most alive on Thanksgiving Day? And it's funny to me because we we just assume that if we eat, of course, we'll have energy. But it's it's totally the opposite, at least, you know, in my experience with with fasting. That's true. And I, that is a, a great analogy, to, you know, to use with people who, who might ask, you know, people are suspicious of, wait a minute, if you're not eating, how do you have energy to function? How are you not hangry? You know, in explaining to them that the body does adapt, you say to them, think about Thanksgiving, like you said, because that's when everybody needs a nap because it takes a lot of energy to digest food. Right. And then you're sluggish. But yeah, you get used to that feeling of of not being you know, digesting all day long. And then it just feels so much more natural. And that's the part that people don't believe until they try it. And then even so, it takes maybe a few weeks. But once they they get there, then they're like, okay, now I see. Yeah, it really is to me getting over that hump, which I mean, we read about it, you know, anyone in the intermittent fasting community is familiar with reading that, you know, it will take time, your body needs to adjust. But I do think there's something to be said for really going through that experience. And it's everyone's individual. So I can't say, well, it took me three or four weeks. It might take someone else two weeks. It might be a couple of days. It might be over a month, you know. And so it's it's a difficult thing to explain unless you've gone through the experience and then you feel that energy and you think, oh my gosh, how did I even live what what was i doing all day long eating before this i have i have no idea how i would eat that much now i just have no idea 
you don't realize that you're in this constant. I mean, I do know I was constantly looking for a coffee pick me up all afternoon, but you know, I want to real quick circle back to that adjustment period. You know, we don't know how long it's going to be. I can remember my early days of of having you know my first you know intermittent fasting support group in 2015, and we would talk to people about you know the adjustment phase, and we would always say three weeks. That was just, you know, kind of we would say that. And I think it it came from Dr. Herring's books, you know, the Fast Five books specifically. He talked about, you know, it taking three weeks to adjust. And I actually, in practice, think three weeks is not average. I think actually average might be longer than that for a lot of people. You know, it's it, it could take even eight weeks for some people. It just depends on your metabolic health. I believe it because I, I do think, I said three or four, but when you look back, you think more obviously, re, you know, retrospective. I think it was more, it was closer to six weeks for me. And for you were probably in, in good health because you were not, you were not officially overweight. Am I right? I'm five foot four. And when I started intermittent fasting, I weighed 136. So I was by no means, I was in a normal BMI and I just, I really just came to it because I wanted to feel a sense of peace and be calm around food. And, and so it wasn't, I mean, yes, it was a weight loss, you know, for, to get rid of inflammation, but not, not in a way that I wanted to drastically drop weight at all. In fact, I, I only really lost seven pounds in the first, I would say eight months and when I stopped eating processed food, I lost nine more pounds within two months, which is, you know, very, very clear signal from my body that obviously, you know, I, I think I think everybody can agree, you know, regardless of, of diet and lifestyle that processed food is not helping anybody. But it was it was so evident. I mean, I just I, I just noticed a huge difference by by dropping that. So yeah, so now I, I kind of hover around 119 to 122 and, and I feel so good and I just I just feel amazing. And I have a feeling that this is completely my body's set point. So I'm I'm very happy with it. That's fabulous. I love that that you just told that story about the what happened when you moved away from the processed foods because that's very much my experience. You know, I lost the first I don't know, 55 pounds. The first 55 pounds that I lost of, of my first 75, I was really eating whatever. And it was only at the very end when I saw, you know, spring around the corner and I wanted to go ahead and buy my new wardrobe. And I was like, I'd like to speed this up. And so I, I eliminated processed foods and also wine for a while and alcohol. And I was losing about two pounds a week. And I was eating maybe in a one to two hour window every day, but no processed foods, just real foods, whole foods, high quality foods. I wasn't restricting carbs. I wasn't restricting fat. I wasn't counting calories. I just ate whole foods, beans, potatoes, you know, cream, butter, berries, and two pounds a week at the end. I mean, that is just unheard of. Most people have weight loss slow down. And I really believe it was changing those foods. You know, I do eat more processed foods now. You know, I love cheese and crackers. You know, I love tortilla chips with guacamole. I think if I if I wanted to lose more, which which I'm I don't, but you know, if I eliminated crackers and tortilla chips, I think I would lose weight more. You know, and I and I think there's so much power in knowing that. You know, with intermittent fasting, it, it has given me the ability to isolate foods and my reaction to them so so much more clearly than any 
any other time in my life. Now, I've, I've never been on any other diet. I've never struggled with my weight. So it's not as if I've been in a place to really focus on foods before. But it is, it is very clear once you start IF what does and doesn't agree with you. Right. And so the whole idea of, you know, I'm supposed to not be denying. I'm supposed to eat all the foods. I'm supposed to eat the junk is really a mindset shift that people need to move away from because that's not what <laughs> that's not what don't deny actually means. It means that whatever foods like if you want to have a delicious piece of cheesecake at a restaurant as dessert, have some until you're satisfied. It doesn't mean that you you start adding back foods that you know don't work well for your body. And I noticed too, so much of the processed food was inhibiting my mental health. So completely not not worrying about weight aside, I noticed that I was just, I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate at work. I was much you know, more easily aggravated with things. I just, I just didn't feel clear and, you know, ready to go every day. And so for me, it it was changing my brain chemistry. You know, if, if I eat this food, I'm on, you know, my brain's on fire. If I eat this food, I'm sluggish and I can't concentrate. And, you know, and and it's like a, a domino effect, you know, one day leads into the next. And then, but, but on a positive side, eating healthier food was also a domino effect. One, you know, one day, but got another day. And then, you know, after a week or two, I think my body was giving me all the right signals and saying, what you're doing is, you know, is really working well. And you just felt better and better. And then you're like, yep, that confirms that this is how I should eat. I think we we need to really tune into our bodies, and that's where the power lies. You know, not in buying a diet book written by somebody with lists of foods that you should and shouldn't eat. You know, that's that's giving them the power, and those are the foods apparently that work for their body. But understanding that you have the power to listen to your own self and to know what doesn't feel right for you. And, you know, people are always asking, what's the best thing I should eat to open my window? I'm like, you know, that's really, there, there's no answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, maybe for me, like I know, for instance, I function very well on relatively high fat, low-ish carb. I always say low-ish because I eat, I eat carbs. I eat real food carbs, but not just not a ton. But I really, do, I love cheese. I love heavy cream. I love butter. I love, you know, a lot of food that was previously vilified and you know, but I also know that, for instance, my husband doesn't do as well on high fat. So it, it does get tricky cooking because, you know, we have to obviously share meals and, you know, we figured that out. But it is it's such a testament to what works, just like we've been saying, what works for me may not work for someone. So if someone in the group is saying, well, I, you know, only eat nuts and I know your experience you know, opening your they window. They my stomach hurt. Yeah. Right. So but for me, I like my latest enjoyment is a lot of dried fruit, a lot of just dried vegetables and fruit, and then also nuts. So, and seeds and and all kinds of good dried whole foods that I'm just loving. I do like veggie chips, the the dried, the dried veggies. I haven't had those in a while. I should buy some. See, that's actually one of the things that it's hard for me to stop eating. (laughs) When I buy those dried veggies, I just want to eat them, eat them, eat them. (laughs) Well, they have ones now that the ones I get are dried beets and it's just beets. So I find Ooh. I find if they're not, you know, in canola oil, which doesn't doesn't agree with me, you know, so if it's just the dried food, it dried carrots, dried beets with, you know, salt, 
that is so satiating. It's full of fiber. It's, you know, and, but you feel, you get that crunch, you get, you know, the, what you're looking for, at least for me in, you know, a chip like food, but you're eating, of course, a real vegetable. Now I'm going to have to look for that then. That sounds like something I would really like because I do like the crunch, you know, like I said, my crackers, my tortilla chips, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel great with canola oil either. So I'm going to look for those. And I think I would probably like beets because I finally started to like them <laughs> after all the years of like, yuck, yuck, yuck. But, you know, now I'm like really enjoying them. Is there, a, do they just have them like in the bulk food section? Well, I get them at Trader Joe's. So I'm, I'm close to a lot of Trader I Joe's locations. Trader Joe's. I know. Um, but I do think, I think maybe Whole Foods has, oh, but that's right. You don't have, <laughs> I don't have that either. I have Sprouts. They might have them at Sprouts. We also have an Earth Fair. I'll have to go look. And I've seen them online, but online, of course, you have to check just like you would at a grocery store. Just check the ingredients because sometimes, you know, they'll say like beet chips or carrot chips and you think, oh, great. This is just that, that ingredient. But of course, you know, companies are sneaky and, and they add things to it. So I always look for, for ones that are just, just the vegetable dehydrated. And then with, you know, with salt. I wonder if I could make them myself. Well, that's my next adventure. I think I'm about to buy a dehydrator because I might go broke purchasing <laughs> the, the amount the amount of dried foods I'm eating. It makes more sense, I think, to to look for a dehydrator. I ha- I just bought a new like toaster oven kind of a thing. We're moving to a new house, and in one week we're closing on the new house. And it has a lot of counters. Thank you. I'm so excited. We've been in this house since '05, so packing is like quite a task. But my current kitchen doesn't have a lot of counter space. It's a galley kitchen. It's kind of small. But my new kitchen has so much counter space. So I bought this. But it has fewer ovens. It has like a built-in oven, but my current kitchen has two. Anyway, so I bought like a countertop toaster oven that I think will dehydrate because it also will let you, quote, air fry or whatever. It's a convection. But I think I might can dehydrate in it. Yeah, that would be neat to try. it circulates the air. I think I'm going to try. But I think you'd probably have to slice them real thin, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to get the extra crunch. <laughs> the crispy. I'm going to try it. All right, you've inspired me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way. I have a galley kitchen as well. So it's every time I get anything new, I think, do I really need this? Is, you know, where am I storing this? Is there space? How much will I use it? You know. And that's why I don't have, you know, I don't have an air fryer and I don't have a, you know, Instapot, even though people are, you know, using those like crazy. I was like, I just don't have any more room for all these gadgets, but I did need another oven. So I was like, I'm going to get this one. It's like a professional kind of toaster oven convection, but it's bigger than, you know, you could put a whole turkey in it. So I'm really excited about what I'll be able to do in that new oven. (laughs) And dehydrating is going to be on there. So we all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah, I wanted to go back to something you said a a long time ago in the conversation, how you felt like you wanted to have, you know, every flavor in your eating window. And I I thought that was so interesting because, you know, I I think I might still struggle with that a little bit. Yeah, I I just found that it didn't feel restrictive. I don't like using that word because to me, intermittent fasting is so freeing. It's not restrictive because I'm not fixated on food. And yet when I would open my window, I would feel so excited, of course, that like, okay, well, what am I going to eat today? This is, you know, a really, it just felt special because I wasn't eating all day long. So I got to pick, you know, what food that, that I wanted that day. But for a couple months, it just, it felt like I needed every taste. Like if I had something bitter, then I needed to fall with, with an, you know, a salt or an acid. And then, then I wanted that sweet note. And then, so it was, it was neat, I guess, to see what my body craved across my window. And yet I also had to balance out accepting that if I didn't eat something one day, that's okay. I'll just, you know, I'll have that taste tomorrow. It's not, I have the rest of my life for this, just like, you know, we say across the groups. And if I didn't get enough salty in, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have something else tomorrow and, and that'll satiate it. But of course, you know, as, as so many of us know in this community, I found that the next day when I thought I would crave a certain, you know, food or flavor, that it was entirely different. Right. You're like, well, I don't even want that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or like leftovers, you know, like, well, I made this yesterday and, and it was so good then, but I don't really want that today. Gosh, I hope my husband wants it. Or gosh, I hope somebody else eats this because I, it's not, it's just not calling to me. Yeah. Thank goodness my husband eats two meals a day so I can foist the leftovers off on him. And I don't have to feel like I'm wasting it. Although it is really sad when it was something that I loved. And then he's like, I don't want that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it feels like a waste, but that doesn't mean I have to eat it. You know, that's getting that mental shift 
just because it's there. And if I ate it, it would still be a waste. <laughs> you know, I don't need to eat it. <laughs> yes. And I also transfer that idea to cleaning up after meals. So if my window is closed before intermittent fasting, I would pick like if there was leftover food or I was cleaning up the kitchen and, you know, I was putting leftovers away. I would eat, you know, those couple bites that we all know exist, you know, on the plate and as we're cleaning up. And now it's, I just don't. I just don't. It's it's not a question of should I have this one bite of this and then I just don't do any of it. I clean up the kitchen, I put the food away, it you know, the my windows closed and it's it's so much more, you know, peaceful of a feeling than well, you know, am I really hungry? Why did I eat that? Well, I'll just have two more bites. Like it just none of that chatter, that mental chatter exists anymore. I'm just done eating. That's just the best feeling. Knowing that, you know, instead of being always thinking, should I eat this or should I not? You just instinctively are like, yeah, I don't want to eat that now. Right. And, you know, earlier in the day too, like I, I, if I'm making food, you know, for someone else, it never occurs to me to take a bite. It just doesn't, it used to, you know, and I would think, oh gosh, how can I cook without tasting? Because I, I, I'm by no means a trained chef at all, but I, I enjoy cooking at home and, and. So I, I like to taste my food as I go and, you know, layer flavors. But I I found over time that I trusted myself and my seasoning. And, you know, and if I made food that 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 was under seasoned or, you know, needed something at the end, my you know, somebody would add something to it. And that's fine. It's easy to add salt at the end. I made a pot of chili. My realtor just had a baby. And so I was like, I'm going to take them dinner. And so I'm got out my slow cooker and made a pot of chili, but it was all during the day and I couldn't taste it. Well, just like you said, at the very, very end, right before I took a tour, I was like, all right, now I'm going to taste it because it was time to open my window. But you know what? It was pretty good. It did need a little bit more salt and it was fine. And then I... It's kind of it's kind of a <laughs> fun was, game yeah. to play. You know, how well did I season this yeah. without knowing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and you kind of know just because you get in the habit of knowing how much to, how much to add. But yeah, and it was perfectly fine to wait. You know, it simmered with all the chili flavor all day. So that got, you know, infused throughout it. It just needed a little more salt at the end and it was good. People do worry that they won't be able to cook, you know, for other people with the intermittent fasting. And for, I think, two reasons. One, we just talked about, you know, the, the seasoning aspect. But other, just like they're going to be just so hungry and they won't be able to do it. Right. You know, or do you cook You cook for your family and during and it's fine and you don't feel, like, grouchy about it? Yeah, I don't, I don't really miss not eating. So my, my husband, his birthday was very recently, and so he asked for buckwheat pancakes for breakfast. And I don't generally eat breakfast. My window's a little later in the day. So I made him pancakes. And admittedly, this was a brand new recipe. So I probably should not have not been eating and also not make, also making something I had never <laughs> made. But nonetheless, they were good. And, and you know, he enjoyed them and I was there with him. And, you know, and we, we had every part of being together, but I just wasn't eating them. And you know, he knows what I'm, what I do. And, and so, but we didn't miss out on any connection. And, and I think so often, you know, that's, that's what we're looking for when we sit down to a meal with people is connection. And, you know, do you see me and, you know, can we have a good conversation? And, and so to me, yes, people notice if you're not eating, but I think if you can get to the bigger topic of, you know, of being with people, it's easier to, 
you know, bypass that, that guilty thought of, well, maybe I should eat because everybody's looking, or maybe you can hone in on the focus of, you know, being with people. Right. And that's really what it's all about is the being together. And, you know, even at a restaurant, if you're, if you're there and and you're not eating, I mean, I guess it could be awkward if you're with one other person and it, and you're not eating and they don't understand what you're doing. You might feel weird or they might feel awkward eating if you're not eating, but you know, when people know you, like your husband, obviously he's not going to feel awkward eating pancakes on his birthday. <laughs> Although there was one time that was pretty awkward. I went out to eat with a bunch of teachers and there are like six of us there and four of us were doing intermittent fasting and we're like, oops, <laughs> sorry, there's just two people out of six that are going to eat today. Waitress, we apologize. <laughs> See, but even in even in those cases, I'll I'll just shift my window. You know, like if if I know yeah, I'm going, I would if I wanted to. Yeah, if 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 I felt like the food was going to be something I needed to have, or I really I don't mind shifting my window on a social occasion. But that is funny. <laughs> I think this day I didn't want to, but we're all just sitting there drinking our coffee or water or whatever. But yeah, that was. <laughs> And another time, another friend and I were going to go eat lunch. It was also on like a teacher work day. And we both realized we weren't eating. But so we went and sat and had coffee. We went somewhere and just had coffee instead. And so that was just fine. Because sometimes at a teacher workshop, you don't want to eat because then you have to sit there the whole rest of the afternoon. And there is no worse feeling than sitting throughout meetings after eating. <laughs> right. And then you've got that two o'clock slump or the three o'clock or yeah. you know. you're like, I just, I, first of all, I don't want to sit through the meeting, but I really don't want to sit through the meeting after having eaten a big, heavy lunch and then regretting it all afternoon. I find that I get excited if I have a work meeting at two or three, because I know that I won't eat until after, but it also fits well with, you know, my, my energy for the day and, and like when I'm going to open my window. So I, I'm happy to have those afternoon meetings now, whereas before IF, I, you know, was thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to come back from lunch and this meeting's at two o'clock and I, okay, I need to get a coffee because, you know, and so you're, you're battling that energy and now it just doesn't, it doesn't exist. That, that slump, you look around and you see everyone else is having the slump. Right. And, you know, and, and being marketed to, it, it's funny to me to see all the advertisements for, you know, your two o'clock slump and three o'clock slump. And it's, it's really neat to know that that, that doesn't really exist. It really doesn't right. exist. We can, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we can do a whole lot about it, you know, but until, until I realized for myself, it didn't exist. I, I was very much on board with thinking, okay, I'll get my afternoon, you know, coffee or latte or, you know, and then I'll, I'll slog through just like we all do at work. And, you know, but now that's not, that's not what happens. Yeah. I would come home from work and like lay on the sofa. Like I can remember those days and I was so tired and just laying on the sofa. And now I, I don't, I mean, I, of course, I don't work outside the home anymore since I retired from teaching, but I don't have to lay on the sofa at 430 to, <laughs> to get the energy to go, you know, figure out dinner. Right, exactly. It, it does feel so odd to think back to that life and how that was just the normal. Right. And I, I don't, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. I don't really know how I ate that much food. And I also don't know how I carried that much inflammation around without noticing. My one of the like very first things I noticed after starting fasting was 
just inflammation in my body disappeared. I mean, within probably three or four days, it was just immediately noticeable. I had the same experience a lot of people have had where my feet trunk. I went down half a size and my face, you know, wasn't as puffy. Like I just, and that was before, before I got rid of processed foods, you know, that was just a shortened. Just from the fasting. Right. Just a w- eating window different. And, and I thought, oh my gosh, like how did I, how did I walk around feeling so just swollen feeling? Yeah. I'm feeling like that a little bit today. Cause I went out of town for the weekend with girlfriends <laughs> and we had, we had brunch for eight hours one day and it was, and so today it's it's Monday. We're recording this on a Monday morning, and I'm feeling puffy and draggy and blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I'll feel better soon. <laughs> so I get to the other. It was worth every minute though. We had so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, the the puffiness, you know, I used to always have around my eyes, and that just that goes away. And I think that's a lot about you know we notice people show their before and after photos, and people universally find they have like. People say, oh, your eyes are so much brighter. Yes, I had that experience. And and I will say, I, I, just from my own opinion, I don't think I'm the most photogenic person. <laughs> so I, I tend to have a lot of pictures of myself where I think, huh, is that how I look? <laughs> but I did notice after starting intermittent fasting that my my face just looked brighter and there wasn't it wasn't necessarily you know a weight loss thing it was that i just looked clearer exactly what you're describing i just my just general countenance had had brightened right and so we we looked just more refreshed and more youthful and it's it's really striking you know even people who don't lose a ton of weight you know, maybe they're having trouble with the weight loss side of things, which is common for a lot of people who have battled their weight for a long time, but they feel better and they look better and they look fresher. And then they can figure out the weight loss portion of it as well, but they still have the the, the look about them. It's just something about it and the, the energy and the vitality. It's almost just, you know, like you're more alive. I don't know. That sounds cheesy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. And even, you know, after, after a few months when I decided to forgo more processed foods, I noticed even more change, which makes perfect sense. You know, my, some spots on my face or, you know, just that sort of dark circle under my eyes that, that had been there just lifted. And I thought, you know, this is really, this is really making a difference. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
Now, your husband, you mentioned that you made him breakfast for his birthday. Does he do any kind of intermittent fasting with you at all or, or, or no? He started out, so after a few months when I was doing this, he started asking questions and, you know, and, and got on board for a little bit. Um, but he, he decided it, it wasn't right for him. And truth be told, I think he didn't give it enough time consistently. So I, I think he never quite reached, you know, that, that, that great phase of getting to ketosis. I, I just think he, he, didn't consistently do windows long enough to get there. All that being said, he also doesn't eat breakfast and he's always gravitated to eating. He doesn't snack. Um, and so he eats meals, but he generally will eat one or two meals a day. So, it, so he does it already. He does it, but <laughs> if, he would, if he would take the cream out of his coffee, I think uh, <laughs> I think he would really yeah. see benefit. But, but yeah. He might, would, he might would feel better and he doesn't realize it yet. Yeah. But still, what he's doing is is still way better than somebody who starts the morning off with breakfast and snacks all during the day. And he's, he's just eating more um, like the way people used to eat before the constant, you know, fuel yourself 10 times a day. Right. Exactly. I mean, he, he would always comment on how much I snacked and I don't think I, I realized it, you know, and when, when you have your own, you know, method of eating, it's, it's, that's such a personal thing. And it, and it's, you know, I think interesting when someone will, you know, tell you, tell you their observation of how, you know, how you eat. And I remember him saying, you're just, you know, you're always snacking or you always need something. And, and that's, you know, it's funny because that's really what started this journey for me into IF. And, and so now he doesn't, you know, necessarily do it, but I have gravitated to behaviors that he had outside, you know, just in general in his life. So he naturally just ate that way. And so now, so um, he's—I assume he's never struggled with his weight. Uh, no, I mean he's—he definitely, I think, would like to be a little trimmer, but he's—he's he's by no means, you know, out of shape or no. He's—he's he's always been around, you know, the the same weight. So I mean, I, I think, I think similar to so many other people's stories, we were all teeny tiny in high school, and then you know went to college and put on some weight, and then you know hopefully leveled out in in our twenties and thirties. And and to me, I think that's. That is what is so helpful to me from intermittent fasting is you you lose that that creeping weight over time. And so even if I didn't need to lose a lot of weight, I knew that IF was giving me the power to not just absent-mindedly gain weight for the rest of my life. And I think so many people, you know, unbeknownst to them, fall into a pattern of doing that. And then they wake up in later decades of their life thinking, well, how in the world did I get here? Yeah. And it's just almost an unwritten rule now that that's just what's going to happen. Up, oh, you're just going to keep gaining weight as you age. And I think that we we can reject that as as something that has to be normal. You know, I'm I'm going through menopause right now and not gaining weight. Right. And that's fantastic. It's intermittent fasting and and choosing mostly healthy foods and eating well, you know, high quality. Even even though I do have some processed foods in there, I'm eating a lot of nutrient dense foods in there and and I think that makes a huge difference. I'm giving my body nutrients. I'm fasting during the day and it's it's helping me to age well. That's my goal. I think we have so much control over our metabolic health. 
you know, and, and I, I'm a huge believer in functional medicine and, you know, integrative medicine and epigenetics. And I think that we sell ourselves short to not believe in the power of, you know, nutrition and getting out and getting enough sunshine and, and light to moderate exercise and just sort of these daily habits that over time make such a difference. Yeah, I think so too. And just, you know, I like the way you said that we do have a lot of control and we don't have to just accept well, I'm just getting older and I'm going to gain weight and I'm just, there's nothing I can do. You know, there is, we, we can do something about it. We can take charge and stop that weight creep that that's just become expected. And I can't wait, you know, to, to see, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, all of us that have been in this community, you know, how are we aging? And I, I think that, you know, I just hope intermittent fasting just continues to explode <laughs> like it's doing. And I think it will. And we see more and more people. Yeah. People know about it when you go out and talk to strangers and they're like, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. I do think there's some, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a portion of the population that still believes it's a diet, you know, and, and it, to me, it's, it's interesting to think about because I, I never was on a diet. I never had body image issues. I never was in that, you know, mind thought. So I was arguably the last person to start intermittent fasting if it was a diet. I liked it because I knew it was a lifestyle just from, you know, the initial reading about it. And and so that's actually something I struggle with is explaining, feeling like I effectively explain it because it's hard for me to accept that other people think it's a diet. Exactly. There was just some kind of article in a mainstream magazine, and it was like a little little blurb from, I think, a registered dietitian talking about the intermittent fasting diet. And it was just really infuriating because she's talked about how it's really hard and blah, 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 and you're going to regain all the weight once you stop. And I'm like, well... <laughs> So many things are wrong with these statements that you've made in this national magazine. <laughs> That's not what it is at all. Right. What are you eating during the fast? What are you calling fasting? What are you, you know, what are your other behaviors in life? How does it, you know, just across the board? Yeah. What are, what are the variables going on? <laughs> like if you just mentioned to someone the idea of intermittent fasting, but they didn't really know anything about it, like what someone would say with having zero knowledge, it was, but it was in this national magazine. And, and it, so it's frustrating to see those types of things. And then the naysayers latch onto those and are like, well, look, see, it says that you're going to regain all the weight once you stop. <laughs> right. And I think it can be difficult to have a very concise explanation because there's so much good information to know. And I feel like I have almost exhausted my research on it. So while I know so much about it, it becomes difficult when somebody just says, hey, can you explain this to me, you know, in 30 seconds or less to have that sort of go-to, I have go-to ideas, but it's, it, you almost want to just say, download all of the files in my brain and, you know, read this book, read Delay, Don't Deny, read, you know, listen to this podcast, do all of that, and then, you know, come talk to me. Yeah, because, you know, there there is, there's more to it than just don't eat and then eat. I mean, it, it is very simple, but there's a lot, you know, you have a lot to unlearn. Exactly, exactly. And that's the hard part, you know, like people who are worried they're going to be, you know, hangry or they're worried that they're going to have a blood sugar drop or like, you know, hey, I'm hypoglycemic. If I don't eat every two hours, I get shaky. And, you know, teaching people that your body will adapt. Our bodies are not meant to require that you 
eat food every two hours to avoid getting shaky. That's actually a sign that your body is not working very well. (laughs) That's where I was prior to starting it. That's what made me find intermittent fasting was I had that shaky, hangry feeling constantly through the day. I mean, just all day long. And it, it still surprises me now when when I go to, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't had that feeling all day long, I still am so grateful for that because I think back to how how frantic I felt. That's the best word I have for it is just this frantic energy. You know, okay, I just ate. Why am I hungry? Okay, well, let me eat again. Okay, I need to get back to work. Okay, now I have this appointment. Okay, when am I going to eat? You know, and it just, that mental load is is very exhausting. Yeah, I always had snacks around. Like I had, I would go buy like little snack packs of things and have them stashed up in my cabinet at work, you know, in case I was hungry. And those, oh my gosh, like those little crackers, those little cheese and crackers, you know, the little Lance crackers. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Do they? I guess they still make those. But I mean, the whole thing is nothing but processed carbs and fat and really I can't even imagine thinking that that would satisfy me now looking back. Right. It is, It is. you know, counterintuitive because at the time you think, oh, let me just eat something. This will satiate me. But it's the least satiating food possible, you know, ever. And, <laughs> and then, of course, an hour later, you're hungry. Starving. Yeah. Uh, you would have been better to not eat it and you just didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, those snack packs are the worst. I would buy, you know, the 100-calorie snack packs of things and eat one of those, and then you're starving. Right. It's Yeah, it's almost like when, I don't know, you just, you, you think that, let me have a couple bites, you know, a couple, couple to get me to whatever the meal is. But then you realize halfway through those bites that you've almost eaten the equivalent of a meal. So you're really not snacking. You're, you're, just, you're just constantly eating. Yeah. And it's just, you get caught in that vicious cycle. So that really is one of the best things about it. The freedom of not having that cycle of having to constantly fuel up because your body is well fueled already. (laughs) It's funny because when I, when I started learning about IF and, and I started the process and I, you know, that first couple of days, it occurred to me, what if instead of all of this thought around, you know, when I'm going to eat and what I'm snacking on and how that works, what if I just don't eat? <laughs> what, what if instead of figuring it out, I just don't eat? And then I find that good window that works for me. And that's when I enjoy it. And so that's back to my abstainer moderator understanding. And I think, think some people obviously are moderators. But for me, it became so easy when I thought I will abstain from eating. And then I will eat. And then I will abstain again. Yeah. Like, you know, have you um, heard of Brad Pilon's book, Eat, Stop, Eat? Yes, yes. You know, that's one of the earliest books out there on intermittent fasting. It's been around for a long time. But that name and that the words, eat, stop, eat, <laughs> that's just a brilliant, a brilliant way of, of explaining it. I eat, then I stop, then I eat. <laughs> we get the control back because you're not having to make any food-related decisions. Yes. Oh, gosh. I could talk about decision fatigue all day. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But it's huge. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I think I, I'm the, I would say, the, the chief food officer in my home. So I, <laughs> I'm the one, you know, charged with what's for dinner and what's, you know, what are we doing for the weekend food and da, da, da. And, and it, it is so nice to think 
you know, for, for obviously for my food, I can control that. And during the work week, I work from home, but during the work week, I, I just don't eat during the day. So that's so many fewer decisions to make. And then, you know, for dinner, it's, well, what sounds good? And it's, it's much more exciting to sit down and, and eat food you really want with one big decision instead of three meals, however many snacks, you know, and, and just so much more to decide. Oh, yeah. So what does your window look like now? When do you typically open your window? And do you open with a snack? Or what what does it look like? I typically eat, I'm anywhere between 24 and then 22 two. And typically, I open my window around three o'clock. And I'll close it anywhere from five to seven or eight if I'm, you know, feeling real celebratory. But relatively, like I would say I probably eat about three hours a day. I try to stretch it to wait for my husband to get home from work, but it just, it it depends on the day. Yeah. And the traffic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And in Washington, D.C., that's that's a a huge, you know, (laughs) that's a huge variable. So I don't know how y'all do it. But I, but I do. I eat. I eat for about two hours, and I eat a big meal from the get go. So I learned very quickly that if I ate a little, you know, snack or appetizer, and then I waited, the waiting was more of a problem for me, and it just didn't agree with me. So I, I go ahead and eat, and I make, you know, my my large meal, and then after is when I'll have a handful of nuts and you know some cheese or you know a piece of chocolate something like that to close my window. But I definitely, I front load it. I definitely don't nibble because that's just going to create a cascade. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's one of the things people have to figure out for themselves because I'm very much a snack and then my meal later kind of a person. But there are a lot of people that that approach does not work well for. So, you know, don't try to copy what I do and think that it's going to work for you. If you feel better with a meal first, that is what you should do. And, and that is exactly what you have found for you. So, yeah, I think that's important. You've got everybody is going to have a different way that feels right. Right. And I, and I do find if I open my window with something higher in fat, I can get away with a snack. Like if I'm at a social occasion and I know that, you know, we're going to dinner, but they put hors d'oeuvres out, you know, or appetizers out, I will gravitate to the higher fat foods because I know they're going to satisfy you. Right. And I don't have control over when the meal is being served. So I can control, you know, my, my hunger signals, you know, with, with appetizers. So I always pick a higher fat because that way I'm not you know, say, I'm not the guest saying, when are we eating? What time are we eating? Are we like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I've been waiting and then my window is open and I need my meal, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that can be very confusing for people. So. Oh, yeah. Because it is true. Once you start, you know, I don't want to open my window and then have like a couple bites of something and then stop. You know, I have a hearty snack on, on many days. It's not like a little tiny piece of cheese and one cracker. No. <laughs> It's, you know, several, it's, it's, it's plenty. Um, well, we are almost out of time. So if you were going to give advice to somebody just starting off, someone new, or is there something you wish you knew when you had started, you know, what would you say to that? I would say twofold. One would be that consistency at the very beginning, I think is so important and whatever that means for you. So For me, it meant, you know, 12 p.m. to 8 o'clock. I started with 16.8. It it meant that no matter what, 
I was going to stick to that window. And and that was my goal. And so I think you have to give it time. You have to give it, you know, a month or more. And just, you know, you have to listen to your body and see, you know, when you move over from from what feels like a very tired, you know, lethargic feeling to having energy. I think only being consistent at the beginning will will get you to a place that you really feel all the benefits of, of fasting. I agree with that completely. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I think it's so easy to, to give in because your hunger signal says, hey, I'm hungry, feed me. And if you can just bypass that a few times, it really is in the grand scheme of life a few times, you just feel so, so much better and, and it's so much easier to continue down the road. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really true. A consistency at the beginning. Yeah, and then I also wish that I had given myself more grace for getting to the foods I needed to eat. I definitely understood I could eat what I wanted, but when I got rid of processed foods and I dropped so much more weight and I felt so much more better, I almost felt silly for not having figured that out earlier, you know, because logic says, of course, it would make sense if you, you know, eliminated processed foods, you would feel better. But I had to get there in my time. So I would say, you know, give yourself the grace and know that 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 theme, you know, Jen, that you talk about of people, you know, developing what works for them, and then figuring out that that certain foods may or may not be best, it really does happen. And I was somebody who grew up on whole foods, so even for me, I had gravitated to processed foods and it took me a long time to say, you know what, you know, this just doesn't work and I do need to go back to what I know would work best. And now I've now I've just never felt better. Good. And but the power, that's the whole thing. And that's you know, the people that don't understand that part of it. You know, I am not suggesting, no place do I suggest that everyone should go to all the processed foods and just go nuts. <laughs> but people sometimes misinterpret that and think that that is my recommendation. Yeah, just eat pizza, go to fast food, you know, eat the chips. No, <laughs> that is not my message. But people misunderstand that. And the whole message is you are empowered to figure out what makes you feel great. And I've never met anybody who said, you know, I used to eat a lot of really high quality foods and I realized I feel so much better when I eat a lot of junk food and processed food. And that's just what I'm going to do. You know, when you give yourself permission, you are empowered and then you no longer have the guilt. Like if you want to eat a pop tart and you're like, oh, that wasn't how good I expected it to be. <laughs> and then you're like, no, I don't even want that anymore. And that's when you're free. And that's when you have the power. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, I just don't want certain food and I don't eat any food to please anyone else. That's perfect. Yeah. And, and that is something that a lot of people struggle with because we do – tend to want to please people with, with our behavior and eating food because they expect us to is one of those things. We have to really say, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. Or I'll save this for later. <laughs> As a teacher, I was good at that. Oh, thank you for this, this cookie that you gave me that I wouldn't eat anyway, even if I wanted to, because you were just holding it. But <laughs> I'm going to take this home and eat it later. And that's all they want. It is. It is. They just want to know that, you know, they're validated and what they did was thoughtful. And then you throw it away later when they're not looking in the, in the teacher workroom trash can. <laughs> Well, Susanna, it has been great to talk to you and, and thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Jen. It's been wonderful. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. 
That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.